Welcome to another Mother Runner podcast. This is your host, Sarah Bowen Shea, and my co-host today is Coach Christine Hinton. Welcome back, Christine. Thank you very much. It's always exciting and fun to co-host with you, Sarah. Oh, I very much enjoy it. It's a ton of fun. (laughs) Okay, so to remind gals about who's who in this co-hosting thing, please tell us a recent anecdote or success story from a woman or two that you're coaching. Okay. Um, Well, something that came up just yesterday as I got a question um, from a client that despite, it always kind of surprises me a little bit. It's about breathing. And in my 15 years of coaching, it continues to come up. And it's about whether you should breathe through your nose Mm. only (laughs) or through your nose and mouth. Now, to me, that sounds, you know, I kind of giggle because, um, uh, you know, you want to get in as much air as you can. But uh, growing up a lot of in in school and PE teachers and in yoga class, we're all taught to kind of breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. So I had a client, and I hope Shauna doesn't mind me calling her out here. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, learning that you should be breathing through your mouth as well will uh, will make her running feel a little bit easier. But yes, you want to, you know, oxygen is fuel for your for your muscles. So um, we're able to get her to breathe using both her mouth and her nose, and hopefully, her runs will be feeling a little bit better. So oh, keep that's, the that's keep good. the nose breathing to the yoga. <laughs> Well, that's good to know because, I mean, I just, there are times that I feel I can't even get my mouth open wide enough. Like, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm like, ah, is there another way to get oxygen in here? Because <laughs> this <laughs> tube right always... here is not big enough. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I know. But yes, got to use every every way possible. Suck it in. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I do from my rowing days in college where I kind of got this huh! thing going on. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. And that so that if I'm going up a hill or something... And I can never quite tell for Molly whether it like, it's like, wow, that's a really annoying sound or, oh, (laughs) Sarah's working hard. That's awesome. Cause I don't feel quite as bad as it sounds like Sarah feels or like, probably both or like, oh, I'm going to kick it in. Sarah's really working hard. So yeah. (laughs) Yes. No, but that's good. Especially when you're exhaling sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure you get it all out so you can get a good breath back in again. Oh, Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and it just it just kind of um I mean definitely for my rowing it would really fire me up. And um so, you know, I'll do it kind of 3 quarters of way up a hill or something like that a little. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) like karate yeah or that's something i always think it more uh kind of military like you know i'm in the army and i'm you know whatever that what what do you call those those songs or those (laughs) those things have a there's a word for what those things are um i don't know what it is but i don't know and then Something. Then, of course, it reminds me of an Officer and a Gentleman, which I just love that movie. Yeah, that's um, a great movie. <laughs> my, uh, oh, my gosh. I have to say that um, I don't think I shared this anecdote before. So my husband and I both love Officer and a Gentleman. And, like, we have relatives who live in the town where it was filmed up on the Olympic Peninsula. And so, um, so anyway, and Jack, my husband, is always one to quote lines from a movie. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, as I was watching... Um, He'll he'll love saying the way to go, Paula. Remember, like, 
when Richard Gere is carrying Deborah Winger out at the end and her pal who's, you know, stuck in that factory dock. Way to go, Paula! So so when I was um watching the Chicago Marathon and waiting for um my cadet, my Saucony cadet to come by, I saw the same woman at both like mile six and mile almost 20 and her bib said Paula. So both oh. times I go, way to go, Paula! And, and a mile, That is hysterical. And so the woman next to me actually mile six goes, turns to me and goes, that's very funny. <laughs> I was going to say, probably not everyone got that. You oh, I know. know. And I was like, oh, I love you. My husband's not here to get it. So I'm glad someone did. <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So you have the big snowstorm. You have snowpocalypse bearing down on you, Christine. Is that right in there in Maryland? Apparently. I have not seen a snowflake yet. And, uh-huh. uh, but um, par- apparently about a 30, 45 minutes out west, um, they've already seen the snow start. So yeah, but it's supposed to be pretty a pretty big deal. They're saying the worst in 30 years or something like that. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and I think we're going to be supposed to be getting up to like 30 inches, which I don't know, you know, if that compares to what, what you guys get out. Oh, goodness. Um, We'd never get that much snow out here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and we don't always have the means to handle it all. And Mm -hmm. that's usually the problem. Oh, it's totally the same thing here in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the snow trucks and the ice trucks. So we're definitely going to be probably snowed in for a few days and the Mm -hmm. kids are excited. We, we, like I said, we haven't seen a snowflake yet, but they already can't, my son didn't even go to school today. Oh, so they preemptively canceled it. (laughs) Just, Uh just in anticipation. Right. Well, because you don't want to get them stuck at school. I read there's a, um, there was a huge, huge snowstorm in kind of the upper Midwest in, I don't know, 1872 or something like that. And there was a bunch of kids got stuck at their schoolhouse. And then this, you know, young teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, the teachers were barely older than the students and and that, you know, some of them set out and some of them stayed and how they didn't have enough, you know, fuel to burn and all that stuff. And um, so, you know, you don't want them having to, you know, burn their shoes or something to stay warm at school. (laughs) Right. Well, in 2016, I wouldn't be so bad uh, to maybe have my kids. Right. <laughs> Sweet. Free school. babysitting. <laughs> That's right. Oh, darn. They're stuck at school. Then the oh, teachers God. turn in a bill to you. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, $25 an hour. That was. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, no, it's going to be fun. This will be the first real snowstorm that we've had this winter. So the kids are excited. And um, yeah, so it should be fun. Got so, the hot chocolate ready. and Oh, good. And uh, what, so, but what wrench has it thrown into any training? runs you have this weekend? Um, well, you know, I recently had a, a surgery as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, right. So yeah. kind of still laying low for that. Um, I haven't really been running again, but mostly on my indoor bike trainer, mm-hmm. um, doing stuff there, but it, yeah, i actually, this morning I saw a ton of runners out, um, <laughs> getting in their with, miles <laughs> that I, yeah, that I could tell were doing long runs, you know, they had their fuel belts on and they could, <laughs> they were carrying stuff. So I was like, ah, you know, Saturday, Sunday runs are now being moved up to Friday. <laughs> right, right. Who cares that I ran tempo on Thursday? I got to get out there and do 15. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so I felt a little jealousy in that. But, um, uh-huh. but yeah. uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. So, well, you and I are amped up for today's show. It's all about big goals women have set for themselves this year and how they're going to reach them. And we will be mixing in voice memos from a bevy of mother runners. But before we get into goals, we're going to take a quick break. So we chose to lead with these two goals because they are such popular ones for mother runners to strive toward, a marathon in under four hours and a half marathon in less than two hours. 
So Christine, can you break down the two elements that Aaron mentions that reaching a big goal might not be achieved on the first try? I thought that was really um, insightful of her to recognize that and acknowledge it. And the importance of working outside one's comfort zone to reach a time goal. Yeah, I think we're kind of thinking the same same way here, Sarah. Um, you know, having a big goal is awesome. But what I like to do and what I encourage people to do is kind of incorporate smaller goals along the way. So you kind of think as your main goal, it's kind of the peak of the mountain. And then the smaller ones, uh, you know, kind of assist you getting up to that top along, you know, as you oh, climb I like along. That. I like um, that. Yeah. So I kind of, I wouldn't mind kind of looking at each of their goals separately. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they're uh, often can get grouped together, but Martha, you know, popular goal of a sub four hour marathon. Um, you know, she's already run 11 marathons. She's a veteran, very experienced. <clears throat> and in a way that makes me feel good because mm-hmm. for her now, the distance isn't the issue. Now it's getting faster, but that also makes me think that that 20 minute improvement from one from her PR to her to this marathon might be a little bit I don't want to take the air out of her balloons (laughs) (laughs) oh she has multiple balloons does she (laughs) (laughs) so I don't want to take it you know it totally could be do but we're talking 45 to 50 seconds per mile faster than her PR, you know, over a marathon distance in order for her to, you know, hit that four hour, sub four oh, hour. I see, I, see so, your, I see your point there, though, that if maybe yeah. she'd only run two marathons and saying, oh, I want to take 20 minutes off my PR, that might be yes. seen more within the realm of possibility because, oh, maybe Correct. she didn't fuel properly or her training will be yes. so different. But it's like, oh, yeah, you've been to this rodeo before. Yes. Maybe it's going to take another time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because, yeah, because when you go from marathon one or two mm-hmm. to three or four, you usually typically can see huge improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll see like people improve by like an hour sometimes just because, like you said, the fueling gets nailed or, you know, just they figure that just the experience of having it. So she's got that covered, which which is good. But because of that, after 11 marathons, your improvements tend to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so aiming, you know, so what I would suggest to her, you know, obviously she's got this marathon coming up, but maybe planning another one for late, late in the year or early next year and start to work on her speed a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. start to try to run a predicted equivalent race in a, in a half marathon, you know, using one of the calculators, see, okay, well, if I'm going to, if I want to put in a sub four hour marathon, how fast does my half marathon need to be? Right. And then incorporate some of that uh, that speed work in there. And then above all, you know, she, I mean, she could be kicking butt doing new things and po- totally pull this off. And, and I would love, love, love to hear that that happens. But if it doesn't, you know, I don't want her to get discouraged. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of regroup and relook. And Erin, too, you know, Erin, she's got that big sub two goal. Mm-hmm. And she's got to cut off 13 minutes, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> which again, I love the big goals. I mean, that's what we're all about, right? That's what yeah. this podcast is about. But, um, but, but what I really like about what she says and what caught my attention was the chipping away mm-hmm. that she's, that she's willing to chip away at it over the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's not putting saying, you know, in two months, I'm going to run this race and I want a 13 minute PR. She's saying, you know, she's, she's willing to, to kind of work at it. Um, so here again, you know, same same sort of, of things would apply. Uh, training maybe for a 10k that might be race predictable equivalent to to a sub two hour, um, and then that way, you know, and especially chipping away, then she can see she's making improvements. So if she oh, runs a good. half, you know, if she runs a half in in the spring and then one in you know late fall, early winter, maybe she won't knock off all 13 minutes, but hey, maybe she'll knock off nine or ten. 
Mm-hmm. So she can at least see the improvement and, you know, see that her efforts are being rewarded. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, and then the whole comfort zone thing, you know, I wanted to touch a little bit on that yeah. too, is, you know, we tend, we t- what I've found in coaching is that we tend to avoid the things that we most need to work on. And... <laughs> I think that needs repeating because <laughs> that struck a real chord with me. <laughs> yeah, we tend to avoid what we typically need to most work on. And, um, you know, it, it, what we're good at and what we like and what feels comfortable, we're going to do. So mm-hmm. these ladies, obviously, Martha and Aaron, they like running long. Mm-hmm. They probably like the long, slow miles. That feels good. It's comfortable. But it's the speed work that, that they don't like. Mm-hmm. But that's the area that they're going to have to work on if they want to get faster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and also that kind of embracing it and being okay with it, you yeah. know, and, and teaching yourself that in training to be, you know, I write, I think it's maybe in train like a mother, I write that, um, you know, that if I'm, I, I tell myself like, okay, right now I don't feel good, but there's going to be a time or a place like I, I kind of mentally shoot myself forward and think, oh, okay, well, at 24th and not, I feel uncomfortable, but I only have to do a mile. So by, you know, not in seventh, I will feel better. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, no, 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 that's true. You know, or this afternoon when I'm watching Daphne's basketball game, I'm going to be able to breathe fully normally. Yeah, yes. no, absolutely. That's a great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I actually heard a, a great quote or I saw one on Facebook today. It says, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Mm. And both these both these women's are looking for change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- then that's they're going to have to challenge themselves with with that speed work. But I like that, you know, thinking ahead to when you will be comfortable <laughs> <laughs> right. while uh, you're uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Because, you know, I mean, we when you think about I, I tell myself this. Um, I told myself this before I um, qualified for Boston at Victoria that I was like, okay, this day has 24 hours in it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully less than, you know, one sixth of that is going to suck kind of hard. So, yeah. so that, that, you know, it's like, wow, well, the majority of my day, I'm going to be able to breathe yeah. normally yeah. and not have yeah. to be pumping my legs and arms back and forth really fast. That's right. That's right. And then even within the training the training week, if you look at what, what part of the, whatever, three, four, five hours that you spend running, mm-hmm. how much of that is really, truly uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking minutes mm-hmm. of, of the week. So yeah. Oh, exactly. Just mere fractions. Yeah. So, yes. so it's, you know, and, and just remind yourself, it's not like there are that many people who really like it. So it's not unusual to be like, Oh, right. you know, I got work outside my comfort zone today. Everybody else much really like it. It's like, no, it, I'm sure, you know, Shalane Flanagan thinks it sucks too, you know? Yes. So. Yeah. But she's, you know, suck it up buttercup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the woman, the woman who helped me, uh, who we were running with when I fractured my ankle, she was wearing a tank top that said, suck it up buttercup. So that's, I little... love that saying. I really want to get a shirt that says that I say, it to, I say it to my son all the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mom, don't call me buttercup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, well, now let's hear from two ladies with goals related to Boston. Hi, this is Michelle in Rhode Island. I have three boys ages 12, 10, and six. My big goal for 2016 is to run a PR at the Boston Marathon. I will be running it for the third time. And a PR for me means running anything under a 3.30. So it's a big goal, um, but I took a whole year off from marathon training, so I feel like I'm mentally really ready to do the hard work that it's gonna require. And what I'm doing differently this time around is really concentrating on recovery. 
and I'm spending a lot of time stretching and foam rolling and strengthening um, specifically my hips, which I feel is helping a lot and doing a lot of yoga, which I think is making a huge difference in how I feel after my really long, hard efforts. So that is what I'm working towards and I really hope that I can go out there and get it done in April. Hello, Mother Runners. This is Ariel. I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I have a four-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son. And my 2016 running goal is to qualify for the Boston Marathon by running a sub-340 marathon this spring. In order to do this, I have hired a coach for the first time. I've also made changes to my nutrition, my recovery, my cross-training. I'm just excited to see what this spring will bring. Okay, Christine, you might be slightly biased, but tell coach tell folks why a coach can be so instrumental in reaching a goal. It's what I did to reach my most recent Boston qualifying time. And then also if you could talk a bit about nutrition, as so many women mentioned making nutritional changes in their voice memos that they sent to us. Yeah, well, a good coach um, will be one that's staying up on current trends in training and racing um, as far as trends in nutrition studies, you know, that are being done on fueling. So they do uh, a lot of legwork for you. Um, they're going to be able to give you some insight on new advances being made um, that you may otherwise not not be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all the thinking and the planning and trying to make the training fit into your life then falls to the coach, which is nice. Uh, many people that hire me, you know, they, that's what they enjoy is that they don't have to think about it. Mm. They just they just look at it and right. they, you know, they leave that all up to me. Right. Um, Particularly because, I mean, so much of our jobs as moms is getting other people to do things in yes. their lives. So suddenly yes. it's like, oh, tell me what homework to do there, coach. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I know. That's true. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. They're like, I will do what you tell me to do. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Can you come vacuum my house then? <laughs> the cross training this week is <laughs> wash Christine's windows. Yeah. <laughs> I should. That's actually a good idea. Okay. Now you're like, yeah. And that could be my niche. And I'll be like the most sought after coach. Oh, never mind. Maybe not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but coaches are great. You know, they help you maintain focus. They help you review your runs and your races. They adjust your training when you need to. Mm -hmm. You know, things in life ebb and flow. You get sick. You got kid issues. Um, Hopefully a good coach, uh, you know, will help you adapt missed training runs and, um, uh, you know, so that you're not missing anything important. You know, coaching is definitely a science for sure, yeah. but there's an, there is an art to individualizing that science. Oh, sure. Anyone. Taking their, taking yeah. their life into account. You know, yes. I would assume that you, you know, have kind of a different coaching approach if you're coaching someone who's 25 and single and, you know, <laughs> working yeah. part time versus, you know, the 42 year old mom who works a full-time job. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and yes, and a good coach will make, you know, won't just hand you a training program and say, here you go. A good coach is going to want the feedback and want to examine each of your runs and make sure that, that it's fitting into your lifestyle. Yeah. And, um, and I think, you know, bottom line with coaches, which I think is the best. And when I've, I, when I've, and I've had coaches in the past, is just that there's no one that is willing to listen to your runs <laughs> and your races <laughs> and all the details as much as a coach is. So, sure. If nothing else, it saves your family and friends from being. <laughs> Who needs social death? media? I have a coach. 
That's right. They don't need to hear about your awesome nine miler or (laughs) the trials and tribulations of your half marathon, you know, your war stories 15 times. You can come talk to your coach about that. Uh Um, But, uh, but yeah, but as far as the, these two ladies um, that we just heard from, you know, they're making changes to their training. And I think that's kind of where nutrition can fall into. Um, You know, if you want to see improvement, especially stepping up to a really big goal, you've got to change things. Our bodies plateau. And um, so keeping the body guessing or varying how you're eating, um, tweaking little things, especially for veteran runners where the improvement, like we were talking about before, you know, Mm -hmm. one marathon to the next for a brand new runner could be a 20, 30, 40 minute improvement. But once you've run 11, you know, you're talking, you know, minutes, uh, if that, um, as far as seeing improvement. So nutrition can fall into those changes and definitely help people set themselves up uh, uh, to be at their best train, you know, their fighting weight to be in a place where, um, they're fueling for the run. And then of course the race comes all together and bonking. I think somebody talked about, bon- I think we've already heard that, um, mm-hmm. one where the, I think it was one of the oh, first Oh yeah, ones. no, that's coming up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, and you know, and bonking, you know, that's all typically, especially bonking after 20, 18, 20 miles tends to be a fueling issue. So if you have those things already, figured out and individualized just like your training then um you're way ahead of the game because you don't want fueling to take you down oh yeah. you don't want mm-hmm. having to eat you know eating something wrong the day or the week before to be to be the factor that messes up your mm-hmm. your long run or your race so yeah and it means practicing you got to practice you got to practice keep track figure out what works best for you it's just like training it's very individualized but there are some good general guidelines to go by yeah, yeah. All good points. All good points there, Coach Christine. Um, so so now let's move on to some distance goals. Based on the voice memos we received, a lot, a lot of ladies are stepping up to ultra marathons this year. So here are the first two we're going to hear from. Hi, my name is Heather Roscheck, and I live in Hudson, Ohio with my husband and two kids, age two and four. I just finished reading Born to Run by Christopher McDougall, which made me want to sign up for all the races everywhere, especially the long ones, which is why I'm super excited that my 2016 goal is to finish the Mobius 50K in August. I'm most excited about the training because I love me some structure and I will have an amazing group of MRTT girlfriends to see me through it. I'm most nervous about bonking. I ran my first marathon last October and mile 22 was really rough, but I'm eager to get more practice at battling the head games and finding my strong. My name is Sandy and I live in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. I have two boys ages 14 and 12. My goal this year is to complete my first 50k trail race in April. I started trail running last year and fell in love with it. In order to reach my goal, I am cleaning up my nutrition. I mean whole foods and trying to stay away from processed food and added sugar. Second, in addition to my running training, I am focusing on strength training. I need a strong body to carry me over 30 miles on the trails. In order to reach my goal, I think it's important to have a good training plan that you trust and fits into your schedule. Having online communities like Another Mother Runner really keeps up my motivation and inspires me daily. Okay, Coach, let's focus on a few things Heather touches on. First up, Heather just did her debut marathon in early October. And I don't want to throw Heather under the bus. We love Heather. Heather, um, listeners might remember she and her um, college best friend, Mary Ann, trained and 
posted about their training on our website. So if that um, name sounds a little familiar, that's how you know it from. So, but, but what are your thoughts about moving up to a 50K, which is roughly five miles longer than a marathon mm-hmm. after doing a single marathon? Well, I guess part of, you know, what I wish I knew more about was the particular ultra that she's training for. Um, a 50 K isn't like a crazy big jump in mileage from the marathon. I know, you know, obviously it's, I mean, that five miles can make a big difference, but it's, but it, but as far as training perspective, um, the extra five miles doesn't change how you train all that much more. Um, but that is assuming it's a road 50 K, um, in my eyes. So, because then we're talking, okay, maybe an hour, hour and a half longer, um, of a run, which, you know, obviously you got to be trained and prepared and have your fueling ready for that. So if it's a road 50 K, I'd be pretty comfortable in saying, you know what, you know, go for it. I think you could probably do it if you get another good cycle. And that's assuming she had a good experience that, um, you know, she recovered well, that she's ready to be able to train again. You know, that that's assuming that all things are going uh, well for her. Mm-hmm. Now, many ultras are on the trail. Yep, yep, yep. So an extra five miles on a highly technical trail. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> days longer, days. Yeah, now, you know, I mean, a 50K, I ran, gosh, I want to say I ran like a 50K trail race once and it took me like six hours. Uh. Or seven hours. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was seven hours. Yeah, it was compare like that to your long. traditional marathon time, like to give people yeah, perspective. Some, yeah, like my marathon times at that time were like a 350, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. So we're talking twice as long mm-hmm. for for uh, uh, five miles longer on the trails, though. So, yeah, so you've got the, the trail marathon piece, which is going to take you longer than that. So if Heather's going to be doing a um, trail one and, and her marathon was a road one, then she might want to consider maybe maybe doing a trail marathon next or a trail half marathon next and kind of progressively going to that 50K um, distance. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I really think terrain here might be the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, you know, I mean, if she's dead set on doing it, which, is, you know, again, is fine, just keeping her um, goals in perspective and keeping them realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ideally, in my little running world, if I were the ruler of my little running world, I'd like, I'd like to see <laughs> her do Christine. <laughs> you know, I'd love to see her do another marathon or two or or throw in a trail trail race or two if it's a trail 50K. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's what big goals are about. So I don't want to discourage her. I just want her to, you know, be careful. Yeah. Manage her expectations. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. So. All right. Then another piece from Heather's voicemail I want you to explore is the mental side of training and racing when stepping up to a challenge. Please. Yeah. Um, well, I think she, she talks about head games here and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, head games can come at any distance. They can. That's true. You know, yeah. 5K mile race. I mean, you know, all the way <laughs> on up. Um, but you have more time to beat yourself up in the longer events. <laughs> you can really hone so. your craft that way. <laughs> you know, the voices get a little, get a little more evil. I don't know. So, um, you know, so just, you know, we're, we're all, we all know that we got to prepare our body and have the training in place and, you know, the nutrition, but, uh, you also got to get that noodle, you know, game ready. And, um, <laughs> you know, I put, put a plan in place for, for your brain to, to be ready for the, uh, mental part of it all. And, you know, I remember always hearing, and I, I, of course, there's no way to know that what percentage is true, but always, you know, that running is 80% mental. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, 
that's, although I don't know if it's 80%, but obviously a huge piece of it is, is how you're mentally approaching it. So, you know, in a kind of a nutshell is you got to be mindful and you, and you need to start doing this on your runs and, and practicing. And as well as I think just in life, because I think being mindful of your inner voice, mm-hmm. whether you're out running or you're at the grocery store or you're cooking dinner or, or whatever, being out with your friends, um, your inner voice is something that you should always be mindful of. And then you need to be prepared to either counter that inner voice mm-hmm. or encourage that inner voice. Oh, that's good. So if you have, if you're saying positive that, you know, you put on your new jeans and you're like, damn, I'm looking good, you know? So, <laughs> so you want to encourage that. Be like, yes, I am looking good. You know, have that little inner dialogue. Uh-huh. But more often than not, the opposite is true. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're running up that hill and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of shape. How am I going to do this? This hill's awful. I'm going to stop and walk, blah, blah, blah. I can't, you know, how am I ever going to run this marathon? So those are the times where you need to be mindful, stop it, and then replace it with something um, more positive. And sometimes this stuff seems silly and feels a little awkward to do. Um, you know, I always think of that Saturday Night Live skit, you know, where, I, you know, I'm, I, now I'm not gonna remember it where, where, uh, I'm beautiful and <laughs> magnificent or, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? No, oh my God. I, oh I my never, God. I never stay up that late. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a silly thing about positive affirmations and uh-huh. he makes, and he makes fun of it, but, and it uh-huh. sounds really silly. It's basically him looking in a mirror saying, you're beautiful. You're uh-huh. awesome. And, um, uh-huh. but, but there's a lot of truth to that. And although that, that, that it works and although it may sound silly, the more you repeat that stuff to yourself, you eventually believe it. And, you know, because it, it the opposite is true. If you keep sure. telling yourself poor things, you're going to believe that as well. So be your own best cheerleader, whether That's it feels good. silly or not, and kind of get outside of yourself. You know, think, take, take, visualize yourself on the sidelines and watching your best friend running. Yeah. Oh, and what would you say to that best friend running? Well, say that to yourself. Yeah, that's good. So two things spring to mind. One is a piece that Dimity would often say in a talk that we give at some race expos, which is, um, and she said it before on the podcast, which is, um, don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to a friend. Yeah. And then also, and I've talked about this before, is that um, I had read an article, uh, I believe it was by Gretchen Reynolds in the New York Times not long before um, my um, Victoria Marathon. And it said that sometimes positive talk can be um, most effective and feel a little less awkward if you do it in the third person. And so that that's a lot of times what I do is, you know, Sarah's looking strong. Sarah's feeling strong. Sarah's got this, you know, Sarah's, Sarah's eating this hill for breakfast. And, um, you know, I sound a little bit like, you know, the Donald when I do it in my (laughs) head, but but at least my hair doesn't look quite so bad. (laughs) At least not until the later stages of the race. And it probably moves as you run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but but that's the great point. And that's what I talk about is like getting outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, talking and, and again, some of this sounds so silly and it's so easy to make fun of, but at the same time, it's been proven to work. So use it. And that's something that's all inner dialogue anyone anyway. So no one knows that you're saying, Sarah, you look right. awesome. You know? right. it's, all, it's all in your head anyway. So, right. you know, right. there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Right. And we, oh, we also all know that we probably, you know, do, you know, lavish it on for our kids. You know, like, oh, you were so great out there on the court today. Oh, my gosh. You know, and so just if we can be kind of that gushy and supportive for our kids, then, you know, use some of that. We, we hone that skill all the time with our children. Mm-hmm. And uh, except when I'm feeling kind of mean, but, you know, right. so, so <laughs> that, uh, um, you know, so just turn that turn that um, 
you know, megaphone on yourself. And yeah, like maybe be your own mom. Maybe, you know, like oh, be good. your own mom. Be your own mom. I like it. Yeah. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Only if your mom was nice, though. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I'm going to drink for a while and then have some cigarettes. <laughs> the classic 1950s mother. <laughs> That's Joking, my mother, I've said before. <laughs> my mother is the nicest woman I know. So. I'm um, sure she is. And she doesn't listen to this podcast. All right. So let's hear from another pair of ultra marathoners because there are just so many great messages from um, all those ultra marathoners. Good morning, Bammers. My name is Lindsay. I live and train in Florida and I have two kids. So my goal for 2016 is a big one. I'm turning 40 in April. So along with my BRF, Tina, who lives in Delaware, We are meeting up and we are going to do a 12 hour endurance run with the main goal being to run at least 40 miles, secretly hoping to do more like 50. We are scared, but super excited to see what our bodies can do. I think the biggest thing for us uh, that's changing in our training is that we're running back to back long runs, which is proving to so far be okay. Hopefully we'll still be saying that when the runs get longer and longer. Anyways, happy 2016, Bammers. Hi, my name is Jennifer Martin. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm 45 years old and the mother of two teenagers, 13 and 15 years old, and one man child who happens to be my husband. This year, I'm tackling my first 100-mile race in September. I'm really excited. Oddly enough, I don't feel nervous yet. Uh, but I think I still have time for that. I'm feeling really confident coming off a great 75.7 mile run in November. So I'm hoping that set me up nicely for this race in September. So my intense training does not start until April. So I'm enjoying a very casual approach to my running and getting in some consistent cross training. So right now I'm doing a lot of mental prep and working on my nutrition, something that I have ignored for quite some time. And I really want to enter my April training at my fighting weight. Let's face it, the less I have to carry for 100 miles on my 5'9 frame is better. Talk to us about the importance of cross-training, Christine, because I know when I get all excited about a race running goal, my instinct is often to, I just want to run every day, just every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and, and just like we heard uh, with Lindsay and Jennifer, you know, I, I have to say, first off, is I loved... I love timed events, love timed Uh running events. Yeah. Somehow for me, at least there's like this pressure that's just lifted and the general atmosphere at timed events are just wonderful. Runners seem to be more relaxed. You know, there's no set finish line that you have Mm. to get there to as fast as you can. You know, you just run until your time is up. It's usually a loop course so that, um, you know, unless you have like a specific distance goal that you're chasing, But even then, you know, there's something just more enjoyable and, uh, you know, you can rest if you need to because you're on the loop typically. Um, It's a great option for new ultra runners, I Mm. think, um, that might want to rest a little bit longer. You can set up a little area for yourself along the course. Um, That way, if you have to drop out, you're not dropping out, you know, 25 miles into a Oh, true. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, mile. where am I? <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, you know? <laughs> oh, and your hitchhiking skills. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But Right. And, but t- and yeah. typically those are, though, only ultra. You know, it's not like you can find a, a two-hour run or, you know, that type yes. of... Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, I know. I think the shortest I've ever seen is like a three. It's like oh. a three hour. So, I'm surprised you know, about that. Yeah, oh, I would have thought yeah, maybe it was six hours. Because I'm doing, I'm doing a, I, I do a timed ultra. I did the first time last year. Um, and I'm going to do it again this year in, in May called three, it's called three days at the fair. <laughs> and they offer, I want to say they offer a three hour, but I think they have to do a three, a six, uh, a 12, a 24, a 48 and a 72. Oh my gosh. And, but yeah. Also from its name, it also sounds like it has cotton candy, a Ferris wheel, you know, and prize pigs. <laughs> you like, actually, it's kind of funny. They did have a rodeo going on on like day two. <laughs> it's on a fairground. So oh, okay. you, you run the perimeter of the fairgrounds. Um, okay. But but yeah, but yes. So that's a great option if you just are curious to, about the ultra world. And uh-huh. um, and it's kind of a more relaxed. If you're ultra curious. Anyway, uh-huh, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, if you're ultra curious. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Here in Portland, we're just open to every type. You know, if you're ultra curious, it's fine. (laughs) We accept all. We accept all. Um, So, okay. But anyway, the cross training. We're just having too much fun here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So with the ultra runners, especially, it's very enticing to want to run, you know, every single day because you want to pile on those miles. But, um, But for every level of running, you've got to you have to I mean you absolutely have to incorporate some cross training if you it, I mean it helps keeps injuries at bay it's going to make you a more well-rounded stronger athlete um, and so there's a variety of things that running neglects unfortunately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that in order to be your best you just you have to do some extra work to um, to uh to develop those areas, you know, upper and core strength, obviously come to mind doing some strength yep. training there, flexibility training, mm. you know, things like yoga. Um, I love balance training mm. running, you know, is balancing on one foot at a time anyway. Yep. yep. So trying to, um, uh, when you do those balance drills, they help build your proprioceptive skills as well as strengthen the muscles and ligaments that, um, support each other. Mm-hmm. So even if you have one or two weak areas that they build up to to help support any um, weaknesses that you might have. And even getting in extra cardio training, like if you are training for an ultra, you can't and, you know, and, and a lot of people can't handle 100 miles a week or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to do extra cardio in a non or low impact way, you know, cycling, uh, the elliptical, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so. And I think a key too with the cross training is about every six to eight weeks you switch it up. Mm. Okay. Um, just like hitting a plateau and running because you keep doing the same thing. The same thing happens in cross training too. Um, so you want to make sure that as your body, at, once it starts to feel pretty easy and comfortable, mm-hmm. you know how when you first try something new, like when you I first try, yeah, like for the, some things, mine it never gets easy. <laughs> like yeah. that, going past that minute on the plank, it ain't getting any easier yes, ever. Yes, yes, yes. You know, speaking of that, and this is totally on an aside, but we're good at that. Um, I <laughs> saw pros. there was a guy. It was like a year ago now. He was probably like seventy-five years old, and he was raising money for for some cause, and he planked for five hours. Stop. Yes, look it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. He must, even Alex, our producer, raised his head with like a what the look on his uh, face. Uh, 
And it was like an old guy, you know? Oh my gosh. And he was like outside, it was like in Florida and he was like out in the sun. And oh like, my gosh, it, and the sweat just pouring off of him. Yes. So oh. Google it, I'll Google it, it's somewhere. But I was like, there was no way I wouldn't, uh, I would, yes, there's, yeah, a minute is, a minute feels like five hours. Yeah, sure, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and oh then, you know, and then in addition to all the, the, the cross training stuff and the running stuff, you also have to have a true day of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, at least one. Be, mm-hmm. Yeah, at least one a week. Um, you know, highly, highly skilled veteran runners, perhaps once every couple of weeks, but that is like a rare, rare person. Mm-hmm. Once a week is is typically uh, the bare minimum. Um, and the reason that is, is that that's the day that the strength is built. Yep. Um, you know, working out is what's going to tear your muscles down. You do strength training, you're tearing your muscle down. You go out for a hard run, it tears your muscle down. That day of rest um, or recovery is going to help give it time to mend itself. And as it mends itself, then the muscle becomes stronger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever, my coach has me with two rest days, two recovery mm-hmm. days. That must cycle. be hard. <laughs> yeah. And dang, one of them's on Saturday. So I just have to sleep in. Um, <laughs> except when except when Daphne has an 8 a.m. soccer game in the winter uh, outdoors. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 7v7. It's, um, yeah, it's played on turf. And it's, um, yeah, but the rain comes sideways. It is cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th- those at 8 a.m., those were real. Those are really oh fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a good mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. I don't feel like home state. Don't you want to pick a different sport? <laughs> <laughs> right. Basketball, Daphne. Yeah, thankfully bowling. she does. Yeah, bowling. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, so two rest days. So, I mean, I'm only, this is, I'm finishing up week three of Boston training. So, um, thus far I've had two recovery yeah. days and it's, well, been... and also, you know, and, and I'm not, not saying, I mean, we're the same age, mm-hmm. but as we get older, mm-hmm. <laughs> those rest days become more crucial because your recovery rate slows yeah. and, um, yeah. And injury rate goes higher. So those rest, incorporating more rest days, rest days as you become a master's athlete, mm-hmm. um, is a good, a good idea. Yeah. So you have a smart coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the other thing, uh, back to cross training, she has me doing a lot of drills. So like mm-hmm. um, today we just had to take a nice, easy 65 minute run, but then had to do these um, kind of dynamic agility drills. Yeah. And they are, um, maybe I'll hyperlink to them in the description. But so um, Dathan Ritzenheim, uh, the yeah. um, Olympic athlete, demos yes. them with Ryan from the first episode of The Bachelorette. Like I have no <laughs> idea why he's in that video. And I'm not sure if I'm the only one who like recognizes him. Like, like, like Dathan never says like, oh yeah, and today I'm joined by Ryan, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. you might remember. No, he's just there and it's on a um, track here in Portland. And <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I th- Ryan is, you know how like when you have an exercise video and there's the pro and then there's the kind of w- people showing modifications. Yes. I feel Ryan is there to show the modifications. <laughs> But, but why Ryan? I don't know. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he didn't want to be introduced because he was uh, <laughs> the modifications. The modifications. Right, right. <laughs> I was firefighter friends up in uh, Colorado, wherever buses shops. Um, right. So uh, yeah, so I had to. Um, I haven't done them since 2014, so I was just I vaguely remember them. But there's 14 of them, 
and you do them each for like about 40 meters. And um, so Molly had the day off. And so she was going to just go home and do them on her own. So it was me with my piece of paper, like my folded (laughs) piece of paper with them written out. And I was listening to um, the soundtrack from... um, uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode, <laughs> Once More with Feeling. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, which I think we're going to have to lay some of that underneath it right now. <laughs> Buffy the, the Drill Slayer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it just, um, you know, and I just, I mean, there were definitely neighbors out and I knew they were looking at me yeah. and I was like, yeah, whatever. But um, yep. but you do for, you know, and I was kind of dreading them. and you, But you forget how good all those things feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and anyone that's a swimmer mm-hmm. knows how important swimming drills are. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that's such a crucial thing to swimming. It's breaking down the, the whatever the stroke is and running is the same thing. You're breaking down the components and then either exaggerating them right. or, or taking them through a larger range of motion. And that not only makes you stronger, and counts as cross training, but it also helps your form tremendously. And that, you know, that ends up producing a more efficient stride and efficient runner and faster runner. Yeah. Cause I, I, and those going back to the why it's important to have a coach, I really feel it's those types of drills and things like that, that are really the special sauce that people, you know, yeah. I, I guess you could read a whole bunch and, you know, get, like stroll the internet and find all those helpful things, but to be told, oh, you yeah. want to do that at the end of a, you know, easy 65 minute right. run, you know, I mean, right. like, I don't know. And then, you know, and then in Dathan in that video is like, oh, you know, and that way when you have to make a quick maneuver in a race, you know, you're going to be that much yeah. well suited or when you have to change pace. That's and because, right. Because I think that's a lot of also um, what I've learned through having a couple different coaches is the importance of being able to change your pace during yes. a race. Yep. You know, yep. whether it's, oh, okay, I'm going out too fast. I need to slow down or, okay, if I'm going to meet that time goal, this mm-hmm. is when I got to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being able yeah. to. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I have to laugh because you say that, uh, you know, it is a little bit embarrassing when the neighbors are watching and, mm-hmm. and that's, that is, that's something that a lot of women, when I have them doing drills will say to me, they're like, but my neighbors are out or, yeah. I'm, you know, here. And, uh, uh, but I'm like, you know what? So what? So yeah, what? Yeah. Just go. And, a- you know, and after a few times of doing it, so the neighbors think you're crazy as they eat their chips on their couch. So <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I know they think I'm a total nut job out there doing it. And so, but thankfully our block is um the pavement out on the road is not very smooth. And so I do it just a block west of our house. And so it's a lot right. smoother. So, so they might, and I know, and I actually told myself, I'm like, oh, thank heavens. One of these houses is not occupied right now. <laughs> so, yes. so that's yeah. one row of windows. It's not, doesn't have people behind them. That's- that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's some, one day you'll find like some random picture that was taken of you somewhere. Right. This crazy lady on my neighborhood. Right. Now I, I, uh, when I, when my, when I just had my daughter and she was a baby, I lived on a, a dead end street and uh-huh. she would take her nap and I didn't have a treadmill or anything. Uh-huh. So I would put her down. I would take the monitor and I put it on the driveway oh and gosh. I would run back and forth in oh front my of my house <laughs> we, for we <laughs> miles. <laughs> And my neighbors thought I was a cuckoo head. <laughs> <laughs> we have somebody in, in I think, our first book who says she did that. And I'm wondering if that was you or whether you are not alone in that. I don't know. I don't I don't know if that was me or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how, so how how much distance are we talking? Are you talking you ran oh, from a telephone I, to telephone pole or like? Uh, probably I, maybe less than a quarter. I mean, if I no. went back and forth, it probably equaled a quarter of a mile. So oh like, my out, gosh. so like, yeah, like. Yeah, 
not far. 200 meters one way, 200 meters. Like, so the house was always in the middle. So the house was always within, you know, sight and earshot. Of oh the my gosh. That is, that must have, <laughs> and then you must have like done all sorts of tweaking on, you know, you're already lax kind of joints and ligaments because you're always yeah. turning. You know, yeah. it's, it's like the same reason we have a lot of pools here in Portland that are 20 yards long, you know, which is five oh. yards. I'm like, why? Why did you do yeah. that? And so yeah. it's the same thing. I'm like, nope, not swimming there because I'll be flip turning like a yes. mofo. You know? <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> like running's equivalent to flip turning like a mofo. Yes. That was yes. you. <laughs> yes. But you know, you did it. I did it, and uh, that, that was that was just part of my life. So. Nice, nice. Alrighty, so let's wrap this up with some messages about firsts. Hey there, Bammers. My name is Beth, and I'm from Illinois. I have five kids, ages seven, five, four, two, and one. I started running about two years ago to lose the baby weight, and now I run because I love it, and it gives me a little bit of peace amidst the chaos that is my five children. My goal is to tackle long distance. I signed up for my first half marathon, and I'm gonna use a train like a mother plan to make it happen. The only thing I worry about is fitting it all in. I take a boot camp class at the Y three times a week, which I love, mostly for the socialization. And I'd like to still do that about two times a week while I'm on the plan. I'm just going to ease into it and see how it goes. I hope everybody has great success with their goals. Hi, my name is Julie Southern. I'm from the Minneapolis area originally, but I've lived most of my life in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm a single mom raising a deaf daughter. She's 12 and her name is Kalissa. Uh, my running story. So about two and a half years ago, I hit my lifetime high weight. I've always been heavy. That was the worst. I hit 330 pounds and was determined to do something about it. So I shed more than a third of that through a medical weight loss program and was dared to become active. So a friend of mine dared me to complete the Nike Women's Half Marathon in 2014. I'd never run before, but I finished it. I've since finished nine half marathons, and I'm now training for my first full. I'll never be fast, but I just want to prove to myself that, yes, I can do the full 26.2. Big girl or not, I want to prove to myself I can do it. I'm Adrian. I am in Newark, Delaware, and I have two beautiful daughters. Although I have a history of miscarriage um, and I am planning on running my first half in September as um, an attempt to sort of heal my relationship with my body and to um, nurture it and to celebrate all of the positive things it can do. All right. So I pretty much just want us to end on these moving, upbeat messages. But Christine, do you have any parting words to nudge listeners toward reaching their 2016 goals? Yes. I love nudging. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> but don't tell anybody. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, do something. And I, and, and I remember one of my very first coaches um, told me this. They're like, do something that scares you a little. Mm, nice. Now, when yeah. you're when you're thinking and, you know, we talked about your comfort zone and, and reaching beyond your comfort zone, you know, do that. If it freaks you out a little and it gives you the butterflies, you know, then then maybe you're on to something. Maybe you're on to what that goal needs to be. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So let's go from here over to the challenge corner, which we are now redubbing. We are going to be calling it the train like a mother club corner because that's where Dimity mines all these powerful messages from. Hello, hello, this is Dimity in Denver. 
coming to you with our newly named Train Like a Mother Club Corner. So we're out with the old, the challenge corner, and we're in with the new, the Train Like a Mother Club Corner. Today's comment comes from a runner named Kathy who lives in Australia. I will not try to do an Australian accent because that's embarrassing and insulting to anybody who can actually do one or actually lives there. Um, But Kathy is in the 10K challenge and she writes this. Hi all, just signed up for the 10K challenge as I feel I need some structure to my running to improve. I have a secret fear of coming in last in a 10K, so I'm hoping this training will get me to the middle of the pack. Weather is awfully humid now in Sydney, Australia, so I only did a 4K run this morning with the goal of keeping it in my easy zone. Had to dodge lots of little kids on scooters and bikes as I went later and it's still school holiday here. So Kathy, everybody has a fear about running. Thanks for coughing yours up. And uh, a training plan is the best way to ensure that you get your best race ever. And the challenge and the Train Like a Mother Club is gonna get you some structure and bring your running to places that you haven't seen before. So wave three has gone off, but there's still five waves to go in the 10K challenge and the half marathon challenge. And I believe there's four or three in the marathon challenge. So plenty of time to still join us and overcome your fears. The song today in honor of Kathy, and and we have a couple, a handful of Australian runners in our challenge, is The Land Down Under by Men at Work. And I hope that song isn't insulting to Australians. It's probably how like, you know, Party in the USA uh, by Miley Cyrus, like people are like, oh yeah, that's the that's the best American song, and um, this song is probably has that same tenor to them. But anyway, I love it. I used to love Safety Dance, and so here it is Land Down Under by Men at Work. Like I said, we received so many amazing voice memos, which we are so grateful for. And as I was listening to them to pull together for this show, I just almost felt sick knowing that we wouldn't use all of them in the podcast. We just couldn't for for the sake of time. And so we'll be releasing a bonus podcast tomorrow that'll contain the rest of the voice memos. There won't be any advice from Coach Christine or uproarious laughter from me, but just straight up mother runner voices streaming into your ears. I'm really jazzed about it. So take a listen to that. And consider listening on the free app of the network our podcast is now a part of. It's called ACAST. That's A-C-A-S-T. The ACAST app is free and it's easy to use. In addition, the ACAST app has this really, really nifty feature on it that allows you to share what they call a moment from a podcast via social media or email. So like if you're listening and you think one of our anecdotes is, you know, makes you snort or, you know, there's a piece of advice that really resonates with you. I know there was a lot that Coach Christine said in this podcast that resonated with me. Then you can copy a link of the moment and then tweet it and post on Facebook or put it in an email. So um, uh, give that a try and spread the word, literally. We appreciate it. Whatever goal you're striving for this year, many happy miles. 